Jesus comforts his disciples. John 14, 1-14 Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am. Jesus, the way to the Father. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Thank you. I'm going to invite Tom up, please, but I'd like to pray for you, Tom, before you, before you give the word. Father God, we, we do bring you praise, and we give you all glory and honour. And Father, these, these next moments are yours. So I pray, Father, that you will bless Tom, that you will speak to him, that you will speak through him, that we would know your heart, that we would know your purpose. So, Father, glorify your name through this man now. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you, Tom. Good morning. Feedback? Feedback? I'll back away. When I went to um, Bible college, I had every intention of absolutely pouring every minute, every hour that I had into my studies. It was, it was my goal, right? I'm going to be 30 grand or more in debt. I'm going to get the most I can out of this. Absolutely. And when I turned up at Bible college, that was very much it. My, my focus was, right, let's find the library. That's the library, excellent. That's where all these wonderful, massive books are that I can use for my studies. And then we got this course introduction. 
and they said, uh, this degree is not like most theology degrees. Um, you will study theology, you will have to write essays, you will dig into the deepest parts of the Bible and history and that kind of thing, but we don't want you to miss the point. So you're going to work with the church. You're going to have to do at least 15 hours work with the church every week, on average. That church is going to be your workplace, as well as when you do your studies. I thought, okay, that's, that's pretty cool, that's quite interesting, I like that. And as I went through the course, I got to realise that there was so much more going on than the opportunity to study, and don't hear me wrong, the opportunity to study was immensely valuable and weirdly enough, I do miss it. I miss that study, I miss the lectures and the lecturers. I actually do miss, I'm saying this now on camera, I miss the essays. I do miss that because, but because those essays were a chance for being given something to look at and research and go into. But it was so much better developing and having time focused to be with God and focus on God. And it was really easy to miss that. I have a friend who I'm going to call Dave. And uh, Dave was absolutely determined to get a first in the degree. Absolutely determined. And they had the capability to do it but they had to work and work and work and work for it to the point where they missed out on opportunities to go out on mission trips. They missed out on opportunities to go to, um, to events where we could hear like, lots of gifted speakers from around the area. They missed out on opportunities to spend time in fellowship, being friends, having fun, just hanging out with like-minded people. They missed all of these opportunities when I visited them in their room, they would have a stack of 25 books on their desk as they were pouring through, trying to do all this research to get a first. And they got a first. But they missed out on a lot of stuff along the way. Now, don't hear me wrong, focusing on academia and things like that is great. Wanting to get that first is great. And actually, he is an incredibly successful youth leader, has been for the last four years, at the church that he's working for and is doing and seeing some amazing things happen. But I did sometimes wonder, did his focus move from God to study? Did his focus move from God to getting a first? And God actually ending up ironically on the wayside as he studied God and God's word and all of that stuff. Everybody worships something. Controversial statement, but everybody worships something. It's something about humanity. We want to worship. We want to adore. We want to seek something beyond ourselves. Now, you might be thinking, well, hang on a sec. There's quite a large portion of people out there that don't believe that God exists and therefore would say they don't worship anything. I say they do. I say they worship the absence of God. I say they worship science. Nothing wrong with science, by the way. Love science. But they worship science. They worship the, uh, the concept that there is nothing beyond what is with us right now. Some people worship money. Some people worship the opportunity to gain as much as they can. Some people worship 
business. Some people worship their home. Some people worship sports. These things take over lives and they're the focus that people have. Everybody worships something. Everybody is seeking something beyond themselves. You only have to look at the rise in people performing um, occult practices, seances, going to psychics, looking at crystals as a method of healing or calming your aura, witchcraft. There are people out there in the UK that, that cast spells, that dance around idols because they believe that it lines them up with spirits. There are people out there who, as soon as they get their paycheck, they put it into something in the hope that it will double their money. Oh, just one more bet on that horse. Oh, I'll, just, I'll, just put another, I'll just put another fiver in. I'm, I'm this close to winning the jackpot. Come on, more, more. I've got a chance. Here, Jesus tells us there is only one way to the Father. One way to that spiritual achievement. Him. Jesus is the way to the Father. There is nothing else. But people are desperate. They are desperate to find something, desperate to find meaning. Here it is. Jesus says it plain as day. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. As Christians, we have this immense revelation given to us. We have this immense gift and opportunity. And people out there are hungry. Believe me, they are hungry. So what's the problem? People are hungry, here's food. Why aren't they eating it? I'm going to kind of pick apart the passage there's going to be two parts to this. One is definitely bigger than the other, and then they're going to kind of round together because it's quite a long passage and Jesus covers a lot in it. Um, that's my like little preamble to keeping your heads. So Jesus is comforting his disciples. So we heard last week about Judas and where Judas goes to perform his betrayal. And Dan talked about the emotion of this moment. Some people were confused. Some of the disciples just thought, oh, Jesus has sent him away to buy bread or something like that. Some definitely knew. And Jesus himself was probably Im immensely hurt and troubled by this, knowing that one of his closest friends was about to go and betray him. And not just betray him, but hand him over to the authorities to suffer ultimately what was going to be one of the worst experiences anyone could ever have. Crucifixion. I'm not going to go into it, but it was nasty. So he immediately follows with this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The Greek, um, the Greek for this bit essentially is what they call a double imperative. Essentially what it means is Jesus is going, believe in God, believe in me. They are exactly the same thing. Jesus is making it abundantly clear, I am God. A lot of people, when they talk about whether Jesus was just an amazing man or the Son of God, they say, well, Jesus never claimed to be the Son of God. I say they haven't read the Bible well enough. Jesus absolutely claimed he was the Son of God. Jesus absolutely claimed that he was God. Believe in God, 
believe in me, they are one and the same thing. My father's house has many rooms. Again, the Greek here used for house, in the UK we just have house and house is a thing. In Greek there are lots of different words for house. Some of them talk about a temporary dwelling place like a hotel, a hostel or something like that. The word house here is a permanent dwelling place. Somewhere that you can always go, it is yours and it is where you can be found. My father's house has many rooms. Don't worry, I wouldn't have told you any of this if I wasn't going to prepare a place for you to go there. Don't worry, it's all in hand. Jesus then says, I'm going to come back. You know the way to where I'm going. And then the disciple Thomas asked the question which I think is actually quite a reasonable question. Now I know I'm biased. My name is Tom and here we have Tom the disciple. Tom the disciple gets quite a bad rap really because, you know, he did the whole doubting Jesus when he came back from the dead. Oh, you know, unless I see the things in his hand. I think Tom's actually quite a reasonable person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. Tom goes, okay, um, I don't know the place you're going, Jesus. I don't actually know it. Where, where, where is it? How can I find it? Jesus answers the question. The way is me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. If you really know me, you know my Father as well. From now on you do know him. You have seen him. Again, another direct claim. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know me, you know the Father. I am the way, the truth and the life. And I want to stand here today and say for anybody that feels lost, Jesus is the way. For anybody that feels confused, that doesn't know what's going on, Jesus is the truth. And for anybody that feels exhausted, anybody that feels dead, anybody that just has lost their love of life, Jesus is the life. This is not just about going to heaven. There is so much more to Christian faith than just going to heaven. It's about living life to its fullest. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Incredible revelation. So people are hungry. People worship. They're looking for something. They are seeking something. We know the way, the truth, and the life. So what's going on? Why aren't people coming here? I think there's a lot going on by here. I don't mean PBC specifically. I'm not having a go at PBC. But why aren't people being drawn to the church as much? We've got the answer. What's going on? Well, I think there's a lot to it. One of the big things is people are getting their immediate hit from whatever it is that they're going into. Gathering with a group of people to dance around a fire, um, putting that money in the slot machine and getting an immediate payout from it. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, all of that stuff has an immediate hit. And so people don't think that they need Christianity because they've got their hit. 
They've got their happiness and their fulfillment, that spark that lifts them up. Which means we really need to stand out. We've got to stand out as something special and unique. We've got to draw people in. And there's a real tension, and again, this comes back to something that I, my dissertation topic actually was on this. There's a real tension between do we start changing the church so that it looks like the thing that people want so they come to it, but in doing so we might lose our identity entirely, or do we remain completely steadfast as we are, knowing that that is enough? And there's a big tension, and there are big arguments, and some people come to blows over this, over this issue. No, you do not change the church in any way, shape, or form. You must not, as opposed to, well, if you do that, they're not going to turn up. It gets a big fight. People come to blows over this. I say it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I think that we need to be going to where people are in their situations and going to them without judgment. That means going to someone who has maybe lost a lot of their life to drink and just coming alongside them with love and no judgment. We don't agree with what they've done, but we can't judge them for it. We go to someone that has wasted their life savings on whatever it is in, in the hope of gaining something that fulfills them, and we say, hey, do you want a hand? Do you want to talk? I'm here for you. We need to start showing that the church is a positive force. And I do believe that the church is a positive force. I believe that this church is a positive force. The things that we are doing and the things that we're looking to do are positive and we are making a change in the community. We also need to be aware that there is a perception of Christianity that has come from a lot of negativity, both in the past and now. For example, I've got a friend who's just finished doing a master's in um, psychology, and she's a Christian. And her focus for this, she wanted, to, she wanted to write for her master's dissertation something that took a lot of her passion of Christianity, but also fulfilled the requirements of her master's degree. And she did research into um, domestic abuse. There was a study performed in Cumbria that found that 56% of surveyed domestic abuse cases were perpetrated by those who attend church. Church. Not a place of worship, church. Christians. Or those that have their identity in Christ, say that they are Christians, that's how they identify. If I wasn't a Christian and I heard that, I'd want nothing to do with it awful. It's a sad, sad statistic. Really tough one. I also follow a lot of Christians on um, Facebook. I follow an artist called Toby Mac. He's a bit of a sort of Christian hip-hop rapper type guy. Um, and uh, music's amazing. Um, the arguments that I see between Christians on Toby Mac's social media are incredible. He regularly, or his team regularly, puts up encouraging Christian phrases or thoughts for the day. And people get into arguments about the meaning of these. People who 
who know the Bible, people who know Christianity and its tradition, and they get into arguments, and the arguments get really angry, really angry. Again, if I was an outsider looking in, I wouldn't want to be a part of that. Really difficult. Dan talked about it last week. He talked about division, how we, we can't have division in the church. We need to be driven as a church to show that that's not what we are. Because I don't believe that's what we are. I don't believe that PBC is a particularly divisive church. We have people that disagree, and sometimes those disagreements get heated. But I, 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 at its core, I don't believe that PBC is like that. The problem is the people out there don't necessarily know that. That's why we've got to go to them, because they're not going to come here. And the reason they're not going to come here is nothing that we are doing wrong. It's about a perception of Christianity across the UK and the world. It's nothing that we're doing wrong, but we need to go there. We need to go to them and say, look, that stuff you've heard is wrong. I don't, I don't agree with that either. The number of times in my workplace someone brings up something that a Christian has done and I have to say, that is not Christianity. That is not what I'm about. That's not who I am and that's not what my God is. And the number of times I have to do it, it's, get, it's getting frustrating. But I'll keep doing it. Because I truly believe that we are a people of love. I truly believe that we are a people who seek and serve God. And we're a people that have a passion for Pembury, for Tunbridge Wells, the areas that we live in. It's because we're not just a people of Pembury. Our church is here, but we live far and wide in the area. And I truly believe that we are trying. Let's keep going out there and meeting with people. Jesus is the only way to the Father. But we're his ambassadors. We're his ambassadors. So let's bring that good news to people. A friend of mine when I was a teenager once asked me about this and I said, well, the only way to go to heaven is through Jesus. And he said, oh, that's really exclusive. I said, no, it's not. Yeah, sure, there's only one entry requirement, but everyone can get on that list. There is no barrier to someone getting on that list at all. So yes, it's exclusive, but it's also not. Everybody can do it. So that's obviously quite a bit heavy, and there's a lot of pressure on us in that regard. And I think that's why Jesus moves on when he talks about whatever you do in my name, ask and I'll do it. The, the in my name passage is an interesting one and there's been a lot of talk back and forth about what it means. I don't think it's a magic word. I don't think it means that if we say a prayer and then we tag in Jesus' name at the end of it, the prayer's going to get fulfilled. I mean, the number of times I've sort of gone, Jesus, we need a parking space in your name and a parking space hasn't turned up, although sometimes we say it and a parking space turns up, so, you know, 50-50. I don't think it's a magic word here. I don't think it's a magic word. I think what Jesus is saying is if, you, if you're going out in my name, i.e. with my authority, to act in the interests that I have, then it's going to happen. Go out with an intention to follow me. Go out in line with what I'm doing. And if you do that, you're going to see some amazing things, greater things than I did, Jesus says. Greater things than I did. And we're not sure what 
greater things Jesus meant, better miracles. I mean, he raised people from the dead. I'm not sure there's a higher level of miracle, personally. He raised people from the dead. But conversions, 3,000 people in one day from one sermon, oh, that's the dream. 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost came to Christ. The biggest mass conversion, certainly for them. I mean, not a lot of statistics. Christianity had only been alive for a few months, but 3,000 people came to Christ that day from one sermon and they all got baptized there and then. Incredible. Jesus' ministry was focused entirely in Israel and Judea. He didn't go anywhere else. His disciples went far and wide. Purportedly, and it's a bit of a myth, but there is a suggestion that Thomas, there's that disciple again, went to India and preached in India and started to see conversions in India. The disciples spread far and wide, bringing the word of Jesus. Greater things, greater works in his name. So be encouraged that if we go out there to meet with those people, we go in Jesus' name with Jesus' authority, as long as we are going there for him and nothing else. I think we're doing that. I think we're hitting those marks. This is more about just understanding perhaps why there's a difficulty, why, why sometimes we meet obstruction. So, we need to go out there and meet with people. We need to meet them where they are. But we also need to remain ourselves. And I don't just mean in terms of keeping church church and being all Christian. I mean literally us, ourselves. I don't know about you guys, but if I walk up to a young person and I start trying to talk like a young person, turns out I'm not very hip or cool. The fact that I just said hip says that I'm not a cool person. If I walk up to a young person and go, man, that was painting, that's not going to go anywhere. And if you don't know what that means, that is absolutely fine because I'm not sure that I do either, but I hear young people say it all the time. Be ourselves. Just go to them. Again, my youth worker friend does do this, and at first his young people thought it was immensely cringeworthy and went, ah, stop saying that. And so he turned it into a joke and does it intentionally and ironically now, and again, bang on the money. They listen to him and they respect him now, and he has a great influence with them. We need to be ourselves. That includes enjoying family. That includes enjoying the blessings that God has given us. That includes working on our homes. That includes occasionally, maybe, if the money's spare, buy a lottery ticket just for fun. Put a fiver in a pub quiz machine and see how far you can get. I once won a tenner on a pub quiz machine. Best day of my life. Not quite, I got married, and my wife's pregnant. Probably shouldn't have said that, but uh, best, best day of my life then. Um, is that better? Is that right? Are we good? Are we good? We're good? My wife's at the back. Just, it's all good. It's all good. We can go and enjoy those things. We can, we can look to make our homes better, nicer, bigger. Nothing wrong with that. Let's just make sure that it's not our focus and our worship. Let's use those things that we have to bless God and bless others. Hospitality. There's big focus on hospitality in the Bible. It's God calling. 
big focus on hospitality in the Bible. There's nothing wrong with enjoying those things. Just don't let them be your worship and your focus. Don't strive so hard to get the first that you miss the first one. Don't strive so hard to get the promotion that you ignore your family and you ignore God. Don't make these things the focus. Make God the focus and then enjoy the blessings and use those blessings to bless others. Use your home to welcome people in. I'm not saying you have to welcome random people off the street and just go, yeah, come into my house, but use your home, be hospitable, be friends with people, be yourselves. Trust God. Go in his name, with his authority, and we will see Christianity spread, and we are seeing Christianity spread. I believe it's in a decline in the UK, but in other countries, Christianity is massively on the rise. And in some countries, Christianity is the fastest growing faith. So there is hope, and things are happening. We're reaching so many people with projects like the Larder, helping people, and also showing them what we're about. Let's keep that up. And if you want to get involved in things like that, or if you want some support and help, come and talk to the elders here. Talk to me if you want. I'm, just, I'm not an elder, I'm just a random preacher. But you know, talk to people. We have such an opportunity in Pembury to show Pembury who we are and what we believe. And we can do it because Jesus is giving us his authority to do so. We are his ambassadors, his agents. We can represent him. So let's do it. Let's go in his name. Paul, if you want to uh, shuffle over. In his name. Because death could not hold him. And the veil that separated man from God was torn away. Jesus silenced the boast of sin and grave. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have his authority to go. And I just think that's incredible. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And that you are accessible to us that you're up there right now preparing a place in the Father's house for us, a permanent dwelling place where we can dwell with you and in you, and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would help us in this church to show who we are and what we're about, that, that it's all about you, that we're a church of love, that we're a church that wants to see people helped and lives changed. We're not what some people see us as, and you're not what some people see us as. And I pray for those situations and those places that you would help those people, both those in trouble and harm and those that are perpetrating God, that you would speak to them, work through them and in them and change them. I pray for this country, God, that people would see what Christianity is, that it's you and that you are love and kindness, that you are peace. Lord, give us that drive. Still our nerves and our fears. Help us to go out there and be ourselves. Thank you that you promised to be with us and go with us. Thank you that we have your authority. 
may we go in your authority. When we go, may it be in your name, the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name that it is. Amen.